and my own heading was songs in a foreign land and you'll know immediately from that first line where the inspiration from the hit song came by the rivers of Babylon there we sat down yeah we wept when we remembered Zion we hung our harps upon the willows in the midst of it for there those who carried us away captive required us of a song and those who plundered us required of us mirth saying sing us one of the songs of Zion how shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land if I forget you O Jerusalem let my right hand forget her skill if I do not remember you let my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth. If I do not exalt Jerusalem above my chief joy. Remember, O Lord, against the sons of Edom. The day of Jerusalem who said, raise it, raise it to its very foundation. O daughter of Babylon, who are, who are to be destroyed. Happy shall he be who repays you as you have served us. Happy shall he be who takes and dashes your young ones against the rock. The Lord bless his word to us, even tonight. We're going to sing again before we come to the table. Oh Lord, that's, we pray that... Thank you. Uh, I forgot to mention at the start of our service, at the beginning of our service, uh, the latest information we have about the committal service for Stan Smith is tomorrow um, at 12.30 at Torquay Crematorium. Uh, and so uh, if you speak to Ruth, Ruth's been to see um, Margaret today. And so that's uh, as far as we understand, as best we can, because it's been very quite a difficult situation. Uh, but 12.30 committal service um, at Torquay tomorrow for dear Stan. Okay, let's just turn to the Lord before we turn to his word. The gracious Lord and loving Heavenly Father, as you've been reminded about this time tomorrow, we do commit dear Margaret to you and the family. You're the God of all comfort and Father of all mercies, and we do commit Margaret to you, Lord. And we uphold her. And now, Lord, as we turn to your word, we thank you for it, for all that it means. And we just pray your blessing now as we look again into these wonderful pages. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, rather, um, rather tongue-in-cheek, um, Kevin did say that um, old-time religion was good enough for me. Uh, this morning, um, and it was good enough for Moses, and it was good enough for Daniel, and uh, so on and so on. And at the end of the day, the bottom line is this wonderful word of God's. This is what all our faith is built upon, all our celebrations of Christmas, all about creation, God dealing with his people, God's remedy for sin. It's all here, all that we need. In the book of Romans, we read a most wonderful passage, often quoted. 
And Paul is writing to the Christians in Rome and he says this. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Note that's so positive. You will be saved. For it is with the heart one believes to righteousness and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. How wonderful. Writing to the church in Corinth, he said this. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, the old is gone, the new has come. This is wonderful, wonderful news for the sinner looking for a saviour. And when we come to know the Lord as saviour, we're given a new life, a new hope, a new heart, a new direction, a new purpose, a new family, a new outlook, and a new future home yet the truth is once you give your life to the lord jesus once you are saved once you are filled with the holy spirit we don't belong here anymore this is not our home and the realization can be quite disturbing peter refers to the believers as aliens and strangers or aliens and pilgrims we're wandering through this land where we don't belong anymore we belong in heaven it's like the student on his uh he'd been registering at the university and he was a christian and they said what's your address what's your nationality and he said i'm a citizen of heaven temporary resident on earth try giving the postcode for that but that's it. We don't belong here anymore. Now, Kevin, uh, he, he's into old hymns at the moment, and I, I found a very old one that some of you may remember, and it says, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this home anymore. We're here we're living on earth in Paynton and surrounds. But we don't belong here anymore. We are citizens of heaven. Now Psalm 137 that we read before. It tells of the children of Israel. God's chosen people. And they're in exile. By the rivers of Babylon. Why are they there? Through the sin of disobedience and of idolatry, the Lord let them be taken captive by the Babylonians. Jeremiah in his prophecy said, look, Jerusalem has grievously sinned, therefore she is removed. Taken from the city that they held so precious. You've seen no doubt on our news this week. How President Trump's statement that he believed we, we accept that Jerusalem belongs to the Jews. It's, the, it's theirs. And you've seen the problem. So passionate are the feelings about Jerusalem. Jerusalem has grievously sinned. Therefore, she is removed. This is the reason that the Jews were in Babylon not Jerusalem, through rebellion. 
God had allowed their captivity. Slaves for 70 years, generations born in the wrong land at the wrong time, in the wrong culture. Born and died in slavery. And these were God's chosen people. They were living in the wrong place, looking back to the holy city. We're living in the wrong place, looking forward to our glorious home in heaven, to our future home. And as Paul, writing to the church in Philippi, said, with Christ, better by far. I hope your life is good. I hope you're happy. But I promise you, on the authority of this word, the absolute best is yet to be. Psalm 103 reminds us, As for man, his days are like the grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. The wind passes over it and is gone. And its place remembers it no more. For the wind passes over it. And it is gone. Our life is so brief. We look, don't we? We see folks today, 90, 100, 100 plus. But it's still brief in the time of eternity. A blip in all of time. Past generations used to sing a lot. They used to have a thing, I understand, in the old days. They used to have things like workers' playtime. People <laughs> used to sing all the way through the lunchtime. Oh, the AIDS, I don't know when they were singing. But they used, to have, they used to sing all through the lunchtime. People used to sing and whistle going to work. People were singing. They were happy. When did the last time you see someone singing in the street? When did your last time singing... Saw someone singing or, or whistling, being happy. My father was a whistler. I didn't inherit him. My father used to whistle, and it was always the same tune. The only he knew, whatever it was, it was the same tune. Or, you know, all the time you knew it was Dad's whistle, and that was it. And he was happy. People used to whistle. People used to sing as naturally as breathing. When we are given a new life in Jesus, we are given a new song in our hearts. Psalm 40 tells us, I waited, this is David, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me. He heard my cry. He brought me up out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. This is the believer's experience. And then something else happens. He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it in fear and will trust in the Lord. You know, we've had those doors open in the hot... Uh, you, you do remember the hot summer that we had. It did pass quite briefly. But I'm sure that people would have heard that what's going on in there. People are singing. People are happy. It must show. It must make a difference. Yet so often today we are under the circumstances and we're not able to praise. 
Kevin remarked this morning that, you know, we, we, we sort of, we're not relaxed, we, we're not free, we don't feel a liberty to express ourselves in, in singing some of these hymns, we think, oh, we might be embarrassed. And, you know, if we, are, if we recognize who we are singing to, who we are praising, we're not singing to each other, we're not singing to ourselves. We're singing our praise unto the Lord. And maybe if we could take that on board, I think our worship would double and treble, not just in volume, but in spirituality. Some people praise God. Some people just sing the hymns. We sing one of the choruses that we'll praise him for all that is past, And we'll trust him for all that's to come. But do we really believe it? Do we really believe what we're singing sometimes? Well, back to our passage. Previously, thousands had flocked to the temple in the center of Jerusalem. They'd flocked there. Even though they weren't going to worship, they had gone to listen of up to maybe a 100,000 Uh, of the children of Israel, Jews, praising God in the Psalms. And people flock from all, they want to go and, you know, you must go and listen to the choirs in Jerusalem. And their reputation had spread. It's strange, isn't it, that, um, you know, we think everyone that was born in Wales, you know, is a, a, you know, is a wonderful singer because Welsh the, 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 you know, Wales has a tradition for singing. Welsh choirs, male voice choirs. And that's exactly how it was in Jerusalem. Now by the rivers of Babylon, they had lost their song. They had lost their freedom. They had lost their joy. They had lost their purpose. And yet their captors taunted them. They taunted them constantly. And they said, look, sing us one of the songs of Zion. Sing again one of the songs of Guy. Sing, sing to us like you used to sing. Entertain us. We want to hear you just like the old days. And their response in that verse 4 of Psalm 137, how shall we sing the Lord's song? In a foreign land, in a strange land, in a place where we are captive, in a place where we don't belong. And, you know, we can ask that same question. How can we sing the Lord's song in a land where we no longer should be, when our home is in glory? How can we sing the Lord's song when we look around And see a world where most reject God, his word, his son, his spirit. How can we sing the Lord's song when family values have disintegrated? How can we sing the Lord's song in a place where crime and drugs seem to fill our newspapers and the media? How can we sing the Lord's song? In a world where millions and millions of pounds worth of food is wasted. And yet thousands are dying every week 
through lack of food and fresh water and unable to get medication. Could you have ever imagined that we would be living in a generation where it would be necessary to have food banks like an ode and the community larder which we have now? How can we sing the Lord's song when our next news flash could be of another terrorist attack where conflict and war is constantly before us? How can we sing the Lord's song when the world is being stripped of its assets, when it's being polluted, when our beautiful oceans are nothing more than dumping grounds? How can we sing the Lord's song when the day that he set aside, one day out of seven, to be different, to take stock, to rest, has just been desecrated? How can we sing the Lord's song when we've got brothers and sisters throughout the world who are being persecuted for just doing what we're doing tonight, for having a copy of God's word, for meeting, for corporate worship and prayer. How can we sing the Lord's song? How can we sing the Lord's song when only this year they celebrated, celebrated the passing of the Abortion Act which has led to over 8 million abortions. How can they celebrate and how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? We can because Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, is still the same. The Lord never changes. He is the same. He reigns and he will reign forever. Because no matter what is happening in this world, through sin, Almighty God is still God and still reigns. We may feel that life is filled with difficulties and we despair. Sometimes we feel like Job and we relate to him. But you know, even Job said, look, in my darkest time... I serve and worship a God who can still give me songs in the night. Some of you who are not always able to sleep, you know the midnight hour between 12 and 2 seems to be the darkest hour. Just turn that time into a song of praise. Just breathe the name of Jesus and let him turn your darkness, like Job, into songs of the night. See, even then, even the Christian is not immune. We're not immune from these things at all. In fact, it can make it worse sometimes. Paul and Silas, Paul and Silas, they were on the second missionary journey. They've landed in Philippi. They're walking out on the Lord's Day and they come across a group of ladies who are having a Bible study. The prayer meeting on the banks of the river. The lady that was leading, a lady called Lydia, a wealthy woman, a seller of purple. And they explained to her who they were worshipping and how to get to him. And she was the first convert in Philippi. They saw a girl, demon-possessed, being used for evil advantage by the men that owned her. 
And in the name of Jesus, the demons were cast from her. The man who owned her took offense, brought false charges against Paul and Silas, had them thrown into the prison, into the cell, into the inner cell, and they were in stocks. They were chained up. Was that it? Did they moan? Did they cry? Listen to this. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying him, praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. My friends, you might feel you're in chains sometimes. You're chained through all manner of circumstances. Take heart from Paul and Silas. That in that deepest and darkest of inner prison. They were singing hymns of praise to God at midnight. At the darkest hour. What about Jesus? We read the account of the Last Supper. The cross is imminent. In a few hours there will be the trial, the torture, the death. And then the most horrendous form of execution that the Romans could invent. And yet still we read that they, that is Jesus and the disciples, sang a hymn as they went to the Mount of Olives. Jesus was going to his death. The disciples really hadn't got a clue what was going on. But they sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. Look at today's situation and we're almost there. Paul's prophecy into Timothy. And if this is not a prophecy of the times in which we're living, I don't know what is. But know this, says Paul, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. Jackie wanted to go to the um, uh, range uh, store up Torquay, up Babacombe Road. And I said, as long as it's not on a Saturday, yes, I will go. We went on a Saturday last year. And as I let Jackie walk around the shops... And I slipped away for coffee. And I got talking to one of the store, one of the young lads. And I said, oh, it's so busy today. He said, yes. He said, but not like it will be tomorrow. He said, and I'm, we dread to think it will be like last week. And I, I said, why? He said, people were fighting, arguing, pushing, swearing, threatening one another. He said, and in front of the children, he said... This is not what Christmas is all about, is it? I said, no. No. Lovers of money. Selfish. That's the kind of generation that we're living in. 
sin, disobedience, idolatry, was the separator of songs of praise from the beginning. It took the Jews from Jerusalem to Egypt making bricks. It took the Jews from Jerusalem to Babylon to dig canals. And it will rob the believer of their songs of joy, their vision, the ability to even praise the very one who saved us. There is a constant need to repent, to take stock of where we're up to in our daily devotions, to seek restoration to our rightful place, to our rightful position in the eyes of the Lord. And just as King David wrote, can we say daily, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Can we sing our song of praise in a strange land, a land that we no longer believe in, when we are beset with situations and difficulties, when we focus the attention of our praise and worship, the answer is a resounding yes. The Lord bless his word to us, even tonight.